a, a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich. And I'm your better host, Josh Kerr. We're going to split this intro up a little bit um, because I feel like we have a little bit of explaining to do. Um, Dave, where, where have we been? What have we been doing? Have we been lazy? What's, what's been going on? I mean, I certainly have been busting my ass trying to get everything in line. And you, you know, you got that employee of the month last month. And it seems like that was your cushion for a, an easy time in the month of uh, April. So I would say that I'm doing everything that I can to be the employee of the month this month. Um, but yeah, as Josh said, we have not been lazy. Um, I don't know if Josh, if on hand you have the stickers or you have anything to show do, the camera. Actually, yeah. Do you want to put one up on the you camera? Grab one. Yeah. yeah, grab one. And so Josh and I had that fantasy basketball um, tournament with ESPN and it went abysmal. We all sucked. And so for us, um, we want to make sure that you guys get paid um, your due for beating us. So Josh, you want to shine one of them stickers? So these are going to be the stickers. Bring your own banter. You guys saw them um, when we post them on our page, but we will send those out. We'll send those out as soon as you send your addresses. I just got an echo and we're good now. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that was my headphones. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) Justin, you're not supposed to come in yet. We're still doing logistics. Wait, 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 who is it? I don't don't know. uh, Oh, we have to do the big reveal. We have to do the big reveal. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) thank you guys um, for being patient with our podcast episodes. We've been doing a little bit more um, merchandising as of late. And Josh, you want to update what we just did this afternoon? And by we, I mean you. (laughs) <laughs> we got everything printed we have uh, or we sent everything to the printers so things will be ready to be dropped probably middle of may um which is massive hype we want to you know we've already spent the money the money's gone the money's so, gone we're broke we have to make money gonna, you guys have got to start making the money off of us um so really excited about that and uh like we were saying before buy it buy a shirt buy a singlet get that money back if you race in it um, so it's the closest thing you'll be to a professional athlete without doing it. And uh, we just want everyone to get out there and race as safely as possible and get fit and, and, and kind of rep the, the cool brand that is Sit and Kick. So without further ado, I will continue into my, into my intro. So today we're sitting and kicking it with the face of Reebok BTC. I just kind of added the BTC just for the fun. An eight-time All-American, nine-time ACC champion, three NCAA championships, and two world championship finalists. Most recently, this man ran a world-leading time in the two-mile indoors and then followed it up with a blistering 335 this past weekend at the new Hayward Field. I have no idea how he hasn't made a U.S. team, but hopefully at some point soon. Uh, But it is, of course, Canada's sweetheart, Justin Knight. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, sorry about the whole mic confusion thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. Uh, Josh, Josh probably failed to mention that we actually like it when somebody has headphones in just because it makes a little bit clear on my time to uh, to edit. So yeah, I I noticed that everybody's wearing headphones and I was like, let me go get mine so <laughs> so i don't feel out of place <laughs> not our worst uh to be fair without headphones you were definitely not our worst audio so i'm sure the listeners are loving you for that to be fair um but you know well, we- i have a question for you guys right off the bat go who for is it. the worst audio jake whiteman jake Straight whiteman, up. Oh, jake whiteman was bad because i think he was on a cell phone and i think back then we were still using skype so it was <laughs> it was kind of, of like- our fault yeah yeah 
Okay, it was, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we won't blame him for it, um, but we'll have to have him back on at some point with, he had AirPods in as well. So it was kind of a weird, I mean, the guy makes good money. I think he can buy a, a better set of earphones <laughs> than he had, but it was, uh, it was all, it was all quite fun to be honest, but I'm sure, I mean, the audio wasn't that bad, but it, it was just not. You didn't not do as... the editing. The audio was pretty bad. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> the audio was bad. Jake, man, you got to do better. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> funny enough, I like yeah. one up to him. I got the beats in, so we'll see how this works. Oh, <laughs> like Josh it. is a big I'll... beat guy. I am. I, I like to get kind of locked in early race. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a music guy when it comes to races, so I got the big over the years. Just got oh, a new man, pair, okay. actually. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be, you know, showcasing them coming soon. But, you know, All it's... Right. I feel like in college, we, we met in college uh, a couple of times when we raced each other. Uh, but recently, you know, we, we, it's been, it's been a little bit of time, man. So how's, how's everything been? How's everything been over at Reebok? you like, how, how's the kind of pandemic changed what you guys are doing on the day today? Yeah. Um, everything's been all right. I think definitely when the pandemic first hit, uh, things just kind of switched up for me. Honestly, like I didn't know, um, the severity well obviously it's a pandemic but I didn't know like what was like how serious it was going to be so I was just taking everything to the extreme um so when the pandemic first hit in March I like completely stopped practicing with my teammates I didn't see them did it like I mean I would text them occasionally but like I actually did not see them at all for from March all the way till October I'd practice by myself and um I mean now Obviously, I'm training with my teammates. We have lots of different protocols in place to make us feel a lot more safe. And um, but I, I was thankful for those moments that I got to practice by myself because it was the first time um, that I had to hold myself accountable for hitting paces by myself. So I did a lot of learning, a lot of growing. I think I got a lot stronger during that time. And um, it's definitely in my running today has helped me out a lot. You can see that. I mean, I was, I'm similar. Like I spent, um, I don't think it's, uh, I think it's pretty obvious now. Like I spent a little bit of time solo when I signed with the beast, just because I want to finish my school off and Brooks were great about that. And so it is, it is something different being like just being solo and having to really lock in every day. Like I turn off to practice now. I have no idea what the session is. I get told <laughs> it and they're like, hit these paces, do what you love. But when you're doing it solo, there's, there's a certain amount of responsibility. And I feel like that comes with, as well when it comes to racing um when you've trained by yourself for so long you're never as afraid to hit the front or push any exactly. pace i feel like that's that's something that it kind of is cool that comes with it and and it's difficult yeah. when you did you find when you went back in with the group that you sometimes want to lead more reps or no oh 100 so when i came back to the group i was straight to the front like usually i sit in second place and just yeah. like let someone take it and then maybe i'll go around with like a lap to go or something but I went straight to the front and I was it just hearing pit pattering like behind me was almost like it gave me enough energy just, just to lead whatever. So mm -hmm. um, I did that for a while. Obviously sometimes you got to give up the lead, but uh, yeah, it was just so different to be back with the group. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah. We, we have a strong 15 group now and uh, I don't have to do any work if I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave loves work. I can see him smiling over there. I'm just letting Dave. you guys make out over here while I just sit in silence. <laughs> Dave, yeah, Dave, Jump Dave in, loves whatever. working. Yeah, Dave, this is a podcast, mate. You're one of the uh, one of the the hosts. You can jump in and ask. Oh, a okay, cool, whenever. cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks, guys, for having me onto the podcast. Um, I'm just looking at some of the workouts that Justin's done and um, some of his like favorite workouts. And there's one workout in particular where it's three sets of 400, 300, 200, 57 for 400. 
43 for the 300 and 27 for 200 uh, rest between intervals is 90 seconds. So I'm kind of just reading up on Justin on, on how to take him down. Cause I think I got to go 50 sec, 56 seconds for those 400s. If I want to try to, to grab them. See, I mean, by, by the time we race again, I'll probably be doing some 56 seconds. So you might have to oh, no. two up me and do 55. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it 5,000 feet, Dave. That's what we'll do. That's, That's what we'll do. Oh, exactly. Yo, you guys got to have me out for an altitude trip. I've never been there before. So I'd love to join you. Mate, it's, I feel like, I mean, I love Albuquerque. I've been here for a long time. I genuinely yeah. don't think there's a line where it's like you either love it or you hate it. Like here, oh. it's super dry. Um, it's not like a big city. So there's not like a ton of things going on. But for me, like for training wise, we're like one of the only pro groups that are here. So it's not busy. Um, yeah. Normally we have great track access at UNM. There's been a couple of problems with it just because of COVID and things. Um, but we normally have great access. We have a fantastic weight room here. So, yeah. I mean, I, I ain't complaining. So yeah, if you, if you want to come over then for sure, I'm coming. Dude. you guys watch breaking bad. Yeah. That's part, that's part of the reason. That. Oh, sweet. That's part of the reason why I want to go there. Cause I heard like, they got like a bunch of like, you know, just stuff that you got to see that has to deal with breaking bad over there. They have like tours and stuff too. So the, I think they stopped allowing i think there's a massive fence around um walt's house now because people used to throw pizzas on there all the time <laughs> oh and so God. they had to like police it a bit better because the, the woman was getting real pissed and she was like please stop throwing pizzas in my house that's where josh so, was eating his freshman year as well as i know just sneak, right? sneak by the yeah. avenue and grab a pizza off the ground all you can eat little caesars mate there's nothing like it oh my god little caesars is that your go-to it was in freshman year of college nice. not now i i'm David, what's to yours I go to Domino? pizza. Okay. Uh, hmm. Probably. Not well, I like mean, something. Like, not like authentic pizza. Like we're yeah. just talking about. Man, if I was to go for just a party pizza, I mean, probably Little Caesars. I feel like that was the go-to party really? pizza. Five dollars for a big oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, Domino's is a little bit smaller. Hot and ready. Exactly. Maybe even the Hawaiian oh, okay. with some pineapples. I don't know if it's taboo to put pineapples on pizzas. I no, like I mess with that. I mess with bro. that. You're good. good. Let me yeah. tell you. In Canada, space. we got this place called Pizza Pizza, right? And every time I bring up Pizza Pizza, they're like, oh, Little Caesars, because they always say Pizza Pizza. But it's this own spot called Pizza Pizza, and it's like our version of Domino's or whatever. And they, first of all, I order pineapple on my pizza when I go there with, like, bacon crumbles and stuff. But they got the best. It's called creamy garlic sauce. Okay. If you're, yes. If you're ever in Canada, I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, it is the best thing ever invented for pizza, and I'll put that on my life. Wow. Is that, is, Actually, that okay, intense, intense. <laughs> is that the same? Is that the same as the Papa John's one? They've got like a garlic um, kind of butter no. thing. So it's Don't not butter. It's, it looks kind of like ranch, but it's a little bit thick. It doesn't like a, taste like, like an ranch. aioli. Sorry, I'm really getting fancy on me. Now you're getting fancy on me. Uh, <laughs> here, here, I'll I'll save the day and uh, for for two things. One, is he saying a pizza pizza or is he saying pizza pizza? Uh, pizza. You pizza pizza, mate. You think yeah. pizza pizza? Yeah, us yeah, four and stick together, mate. All right, thank you. And then secondly, I want it to be known because this is a podcast, you won't be able to smell Josh, but Josh did work out and lift and now podcast in that same shirt that he's wearing right now. That is correct. Oh man, you did him dirty, work, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's already dirty enough. I don't need to do anything for him. So let's, let's get back to you. And um, so you guys have got that Reebok group pretty much right when you came out of college with Fox. So what's it like yeah. being that face? Was there any pressure there? And then what do you, 
excited for then for the group moving into the future? Um, I mean, it was definitely interesting, just the whole process of like uh, committing to a program in a group because it was almost like committing to a, a college program again, but like it wasn't as simple as like full scholarship, half scholarship, you know, such and such, like you automatically there for four years. Like um, it was just a lot of different stuff that you had to negotiate. And, um, you know, once I got to Reebok, it was good. We got a good amount of people, uh, a great team with us. And um, I honestly, I didn't feel that nervous getting here. Um, I felt like I, uh, when I was at Syracuse, I did a good job of trying to lead the program over there at, or at least try to be the face of the distance program. And um, I knew, I know what comes with it. I know you got to be a professional. I know that like a lot of people are watching. So um, I just knew that I had to do what I had to do when it came to race time. Uh, I got dead last in my first race though. <laughs> but then after, after that, things kind of started uh, falling into place and um, things, I think right now in my third year, um, I think I know exactly how I want to handle things and I know exactly what I got to do to be great. So, sorry, I kind of gave you a long, long answer. Oh, I like answer. that. I uh, like it's that I'm John in. It's like, I'm listening to a podcast itself. <laughs> yeah. <The>, um, <laughs> what, what uh, my question about the, the whole thing is, you know, you've got, you're able to stay with your college coach. That's fantastic. And for you, that's, it's pretty easy to just move right over into that. But what's it like going from a program like Syracuse where you've got some great training partners, you've got, you know, this program that's kind of set up for you to signing on with a team that ha like you haven't even got training partners yet. And it's like kind of a startup. Like, was there yeah. any like apprehension being like, if I don't get it going, like, you know, if I don't get the right training partners from Reebok, like it, it was, there, was there apprehension at all or no? Yeah, I mean there it was a couple of stuff that made me nervous for sure. I think like when I committed, like I, I knew certain people were going to be there. Like right. most likely, like if I committed, I knew that some people would follow. Um, but with that, I think like the hardest part is like, as you said, we were a new program. We were a new team. It's not like, you know, a lot of programs that already existed, like for you, for existence, like you guys at Brooks, like there was a Brooks beast before you guys got there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you guys had your own training facilities. You guys, had all sorts of stuff set up, nutritionists or you know, yeah. weightlifting coach, stuff like that. And, you know, that's kind of stuff that when I got to Reebok, like we were, they were in the process of just kind of figuring that stuff out. So um, I think that was the only hard part, just walking in and kind of like seeing the program form in front of my eyes. But uh, luckily they've done a pretty good job of just kind of settling in and getting majority of the stuff we needed done. Yeah, we talk about this um, in a pretty – vague way with other athletes that we have on the podcast because i mean we're trying to be an exclusive like professional um podcast only for track and field but we've had like a few collegiates on and so when <clears throat> me and josh talk about like companies and things that we've spoken to like we want to do it like objectively and just kind of have like that open discussion of what that process is actually like because yeah that's one of those things that i feel like all three of us i'm not sure exactly on josh's or, or your dynamic so this might just be a blanket statement but for me coming out of college I didn't really have a lot of resources to talk about like what was this process like what was who what were the agents who who did this for you like it was mostly like a figure it out on your own and luckily i had guys like drew wendell um who i'm a teammate with now reach out to me and just said hey if you have any questions just like let me know and yeah. so for you like did you speak to any other companies did you have any of those resources that kind of helped guide you because you are forming your own team in your own group 
Um, you didn't make Reebok as a company, but I mean, you're making it up now. Like it, it's definitely becoming like a household track and field name. So for you, what, what companies were in that decision process for you? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of companies that um, I knew that reached out to me. I think first I had to pick an agent. Um, so for me, it was just like, I kind of knew that I didn't know about like the whole Reebok thing until like kind of late in, into uh, my career. I think a lot of people heard about it before I even heard about it. <laughs> which is kind of funny, but, um, I just, I told my coach at my senior season, cause I knew after I went to world championships back in 2017, that things were going to kind of pick up. Like I had a pretty decent showing there and I was young. So I knew that I got a lot of people's attention. And I told my coach, I talked to my parents and I said, like, all I want to focus on this year is just winning NCAAs. And I was able to do that in cross country. I did it once in indoor and then you know, I was focusing on outdoor. And then after outdoor, I was like, I'll talk to whoever I need to talk to, but I don't want to really talk to companies until my, my outdoor season is done. And that's kind of how it went for me. But on the same page, like I had like lots of really good people around me. I had sprinters on team Canada that I was able to talk to uh, a couple middle distance runners, some, some distance runners that I'm friends with, uh, with team Canada. And, you know, they have, uh, and some other like really, really good pro athletes that I met at um, world championships back in 2017, like they were able to just tell me about the process and they weren't trying to convince me of like where to go or what to do, but like, they were just telling me like stuff that I should keep in mind and things that they had on their mind when they uh, kind of were searching for their contracts. And um, I think that helped me a lot. I know everybody doesn't have that situation, but for me, I was, I was pretty, uh, it was pretty nice to have those people in my corner. Yeah, I feel like the there should be something like that, like some some sort of not company, but like maybe some certain athletes from USATF or like Team Canada or British Athletics. There's like maybe a a, a team of people that can be that resource. Um, so when you're thinking about that, that's all, like when you're talking, that's all I was thinking about, like. Why is there yeah. not something for everyone? Like, even if someone's yeah. having a hard time signing or like maybe won't sign, but wants to know a little bit more about it, maybe some people need to come together. And I'm like, I'd be up for that 100% and, and just kind of even just write out like a little bit about each thing. Like, what does an agent do? No one knows yeah. what an agent does when you come out of college. I'm sorry. <laughs> no one does. Like, it's weird yeah. to be in your first meeting with an agent and be like, hey, so like, what do you do? Like, I don't get it. Like, because you're not a manager. Yeah but you kind of are. And so, yeah, I think that would be kind of a cool resource. I like, cool. yeah. I mean, you, you, you brought up uh, cross, which is, which is still a dagger in my heart, 2017 cross, but I you remember know, seeing you there. <laughs> yeah. You probably will at me. So, I mean, you must be making millions, bro. Like if you ran like that, that day, whew, if I was a company, I'd be giving you millions. <laughs> it was an impossible course. It was too long. It was terrible conditions. Dave, I tell you what, mate, it was horrible that day. What what place did you get? I think two seventeen. Oh dang. Yeah, dang. yeah. It wasn't didn't crack the two hundreds, and that that's kind of that was the goal. Oh you know? dang. <laughs> it was a tough. See, day I got I got a hundred and forty third my freshman year, so I was I was trying to make <laughs> you feel better, but I don't know what to say. Yeah, mate, that makes me feel great. That makes me feel great. <laughs> And uh, it was uh, it was cool, man. It was cool to see even see you and then see the end of you guys follow on, um, yeah. because that that was a, that was a tough course. It was kind of it was good to see the the kind of favorites were able to come back from from that ten k the week previous to to go and smash that one out. How tough was that, man? Like that must have been it, tough. 
it was horrible honestly um that was a rough day for me just because I don't know if like a lot of people know this but like I think 4k into the race like I started cramping up and oh, really yeah and like the thing that happened where it's like uh Matt Baxter and Tyler Day like they went to the lead and I tried to give them a little bit of space just because like I didn't want to keep running close to them because then they're going to keep trying to stretch yeah. it out stretch it out so I was like let me give them some space because <laughs> my stomach hurts right now and I don't think I can handle going much faster <laughs> but I just want to let them feel comfortable at the pace that they were going and um, I mean I don't know what they were thinking and then when I could see the finish line on that like final straight away I was like okay just <laughs> kick right past them just if you go. can and I was able to do it so yeah. that's sick that's sick I mean that's that's pretty pretty insightful and it's like you wouldn't know that as a spectator myself for that event I was you a spectator would, as well I know Josh point. you actually finished 224th <laughs> and your average your average mile was 509 your Ooh. um yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great. We're just in uh, 440s for those. So the gap here, let's look at the gap. I have the gap right here. So the gap oh, from Justin to you is, take a guess. What, like time-wise? Time-wise. It's got to be at least three minutes. Yeah, More three, than that. Three, three minutes, minutes and four seconds. Oh, wow. Wow, that was pretty impressive. Pretty Thank impressive. You for, yeah, well. Um, I, think my, I think my 10K time is actually faster on a cross-country course than it is on the track. <laughs> Are you going to? pretty sure that's a stat. Are you doing it? Are you doing a 10 count on a track soon? Or are you just going to be? No, rolling? sir. No, <laughs> no, sir. 25 too many laps. Yeah. I had to like, I, I was just joking. Obviously I know how many laps are in a 5k, but I put that out on Twitter because I was like, I haven't ran a 5k since like 2019, you know, it's been a while. Mate, same. So with a, with a company like Reebok, you know, you're able to build stuff kind of from the ground up. So you have an insight and an opinion for, like you were saying before, strength and conditioning coaches, maybe nutritionist um, facilities. So is that how you see the advantage with Reebok where maybe you're thinking, you know, we can build this, you know, I'm going to be the face of it. We can build this up and I'm going to have a more of an opinion rather than coming into say a team where you like the coach, but you might not like the other things that go with it. Is that something that you see as an advantage <laughs> with a company like Reebok? Yeah, for sure. That's definitely an advantage. Um, you know, at the time when they're recruiting me, that's kind of what they were selling me at the time was just like, you know, we're going to build all this stuff like around you, which as like, a, how old was I? Maybe I was probably like 22 as a 22 year old. Like that's something like really cool to hear. And um, honestly, when it comes to like other teams, there's no team. Every team that I talk to, even I mean, I, I talked with uh, the coach at Brooks uh, for a, for a minute. But like there is no program where I felt was unprofessional or like there was stuff that they did that I didn't like, but it was cool to think that like Reebok was like gonna kind of help me build what I envisioned my pro career looking like. Uh, yeah, so I, I just say that. Yeah, and I feel like you said that actually too in like an interview process coming out of college. I feel like I, I read an article somewhere about you being excited for the opportunity to like take a step into professionalism. I don't know. I, I'm not going to talk about how big of a fangirl I was of you because we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> we met at Stanford. I still remember that for the first time. Yeah, we met at Stanford. Josh, um, I mean, you're you're going to get a – yeah, I, I, I definitely um, – what's the word? Uh, looked up to you at that point, and we're going to read a segment at from Small point, School Big Dreams for now. you. Not now. Not anymore. No, not anymore. Not, not that anymore. I know that dabbles in <laughs> the like, rap I saw game him get well. dead last. I saw him get dead last at New Balance. I can't. I can't look up to that guy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that guy ran four-something as a pro. Man, I wonder what that's like. 
Oh, wait, I can relate. All right. So moving back to college. Um, so we're kind of going in like a weird progression here. Um, but are you married at this point to your coach? Not, not relationship wise, but oh. like with, with your coach, uh, with your coach, are you married? Oh, um, and then was it like a, a catch thing or a program thing at the time? What do you mean by like catch thing in a program? I have cash. no idea. Josh writes these questions. Cash. You cash wrote cash. Oh, cash. So he, he wrote cash C A C H. Yeah, that's what happens when you have cash, bro. Uh, <laughs> it's an S. I love, Josh. Like, this, oh my god, that's so funny. I mean, the thing is, like, Coach Fox is a phenomenal coach. He's a great coach. Um, he helped me obviously go from being just a, a pretty good high school or you know a good high school runner to obviously eventually getting up to like one of the elite classes in the in college in you know the 1500 5k and he always says the 10k but I don't I don't really business with that um but yeah he's he's a great coach so like I I was nervous because like you grow up and you see like all these pro coaches that you're like oh man I want to join that team because my favorite runner runs for those guys and like you, you see that like six years before it's even time uh for you to be a pro and then it was just weird just kind of thinking like, oh, my gosh, like now I have all these opportunities. But, um, you know, Coach Fox did a great job with me and I trust him. And um, even I, I know you guys brought up the cash thing. And, and that's part of the thing, too, that everybody deals with. Like, it's not as simple as like full scholarship, half scholarship, no scholarship. You know, like this is um, our life that we're dealing with. I, I don't know who if everybody has like intentions of like having a family or like if, even if they have responsibilities with help, helping out their parents and stuff like that. But um, you definitely have to think about things uh, a lot more um, when you do negotiate these deals. But honestly, all the, all the companies that dealt with me, um, the thing about the cash is like everybody was super respectful. Like I'm not even going to lie, like every company that I dealt with, like there was none that I was just like, how dare you? Um, all of them were super respectful. So it wasn't just a cash thing. It was just the overall I had to figure out what was the best thing for me at the time. So we have a lot of um, like high school listeners. And I feel like sometimes yeah. it's quite easy for them to get lost uh, in, in every process. Like we try and go through each process for them. Just to process. Kind of, I said process. <laughs> it's process, mate. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be with David on this one. It's process. <laughs> I thought us foreigners stuck together, Justin. It's all right, mate. It's I'm fine. sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's not, don't worry. It's not like we say, it's, you know, have the same initials or anything like that. We're not, we're, we're not boys. I get it. Um, oh, so man. for, if you were to give like a piece of advice for a high schooler, like looking at colleges right now, like it's very <laughs> difficult. Some, a lot of, a lot of high schoolers lost their senior year and, and, and kind of maybe have less options or maybe they didn't have the time to prove themselves. Is there a one piece of advice that you could maybe go back and tell your high school self um, and, and that could maybe be a pretty good insight for, for some of the listeners? Man, there's a couple of stuff I could say about high school runners and like the process. One, I'll say, um, I know a lot of people, they kind of rely heavy on getting that full scholarship purely through their running talents and athletics. Um, and, you know, some people are fortunate enough to be great runners and get that full scholarship to their dream school. But sometimes, you know, school might tell you, listen, you're good and we'd love to have you here, but we can't give you a full scholarship for whatever reason it might be. And the things that I try to tell these kids, like when I see them at track and field meets is that don't let athletics be your only way of getting a full scholarship. Um, if a school, if, let's say, for example, University of Oregon, because they got Cole Hawker and, you know, um, 
Cooper Tier. We were just talking about him. And, uh, you know, a lot of the younger kids are looking at the stuff that they're doing in Oregon, as always, is like, you know, that dream school. And um, let's say University of Oregon is your number one and you're good. But like the coach is like, hey, we'd love to have you here, but I can only give you 70 percent scholarship. Right. Um, If you're a great student, you know, 4.0 or whatever it takes, you can apply for academic aid or whatever the academic scholarship is. And maybe you can get a 30% scholarship based off of academics. And then if all of a sudden, if my math is correct, that's a full scholarship, right? So um, I think that's really important for kids, like definitely in terms of like following up with your dreams. You might not be the runner that they want at the moment, but doesn't mean that you can't grow into that. And if the only thing that's holding you back from going to your dream school is a full scholarship, you definitely want to have the academic abilities to kind of increase your chances of getting you know the highest scholarship that you can get um the next thing i'll say sorry i keep rambling but the next thing i'll say is just like uh just like kind of stay patient you know um there's lots of things that go on in high school sometimes you know you see it all the time where kids train so hard and then they end up burning out and end up falling out of love with running and don't have a great collegiate career so i'd say stay patient like your journey is your journey and don't watch what others are doing. You can still be great. And the last thing I'll say too, is um, don't get lost in facilities and stuff like that. When you look at a program, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it was like at U, UNM and David, where you went to school, I don't know what it cool. was like, but <laughs> I don't know what it was like for anybody. But like when I, I went to, you know, Syracuse is a good school. We have like, you know, cool basketball facilities decent football facilities but um when I went there compared to like the other schools that I visited it it was not quite similar um for me though comparing Syracuse to any school in Canada it was almost like going to like the Toronto Raptors facilities like it was just insane for the track program and um I think like the thing you have to separate is like forget the facilities you got to look at the coach like do you bond with the coach does he value you um, more than just like an athlete does he care for you as a person also like look at the guys that he has recruited and he has coached like did they develop or did some guys like did they have like um, what do you call them nxn runners that ended up doing nothing for them so i think it's like really good to kind of take all sorts of that stuff into consideration and really look into depth of like how good is the coach at actually coaching rather than just getting you know lost in just looking at facilities and stuff yeah, no, I feel definitely. Like you I think you can take that into yeah. professional as well. Yeah, exactly. Like you can take exactly. that to high school. Whatever. I think that's probably what you're going to say, Dave, right? Because I, I, I was sitting here like, that's exactly what I went through for mm-hmm. like Brooks. Like the, the process the is very thing. similar. Yeah. And, and to kind of like build off of what Justin's saying, me being in a soapbox now, like when you're talking about academics, I was also thinking, I don't know who gave me this advice or even if it was for me, but I remember hearing like, if running doesn't work out, can you still see yourself at that university? Like fall in love with that school and the campus Mm, and the things that you see beyond running because running to like an athlete is everything. And like for us, like it is our livelihood, but we are um, very versatile. We're not just runners, you know, like we are, we have podcasts. Do you have your rap career? Like we try to do (laughs) things and if running doesn't work out, we have a backup plan. And so to that, backup sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I know we're we're all in right now. Our chips are on the table and we're we're showing a two and a four. Um, But so with that, and then also secondly, um, you were talking about, I lost my train of thought. Um, 
Close yeah, Josh, you want to just go ahead and, and, and transition out and I may bring it back? Yeah, I, I, sorry, I'm just distracted by your dungeon master hat right now. Mm. Uh, and you're drinking out of my <laughs> bottle that I gave you. And that's just a, just a kick in the face. Uh, you're disgusting. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, as long as we're going college, look, I've ran one 5K, I ran 13.28. I might be having one yes. coming up soon. You've ran fast, much faster than me. I had one and it went well. It wasn't difficult. Like it wasn't, I didn't struggle through it. I wasn't like, I didn't I have I a bad patch. Yeah. I want to run fast in the 5K. Just tell me how I'm going to do it. I mean, you you won indoor 5K and you've beat chairs outdoor to run what, 13, 17, I think. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me. What do I need to do? Well, the one thing with training is like, honestly, which is something I already feel like both of you guys have is like, you got to remember strength right? Because you guys both have the speed for it, but the strength to be able to hold those like 61, 62s, whatever. I don't even know paces, but I know 61 <laughs> is like around. <laughs> it's, it's something good. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, but like the strength really comes into play because um, you can have speed all you want. And this is what I had to learn in the 1500, but I needed strength so I could carry that. Like we came through in 152, even though I dropped off later on, but like we came through in 152 and I had to be strong in order to like keep that pace. Right. Mm -hmm. So 5k is like the same thing, but, um, strength is really important. I would say unlike the 1500, what I noticed, and, you know, I had to learn from Rob Demanic on this one is 1500. You can't go to the back. Like when you're trying to run fast, you can't go straight to the back and like, think you're going to pass everybody, uh, on the last lap. And it's funny actually, because when we ran 330, when you got the NCAA record, and I ran 336 at that race. I went straight. You were to the back. you were in the back. Well, we went out the- hard. We were out in like 55 for to run 335. 55 being out 55 is yeah. pretty hard because yeah, we went 55 and- 60. I think. <laughs> yeah. So like, and, and that's the thing because like I wasn't accustomed to getting out quick. Like in a 5k, I'm not even gonna lie. I don't even listen to the gun. I just wait to see until other people take off and then I make my move because I'm like we have 12 and a half laps to figure out when to like make it up. So the thing I was saying, the 5k is like, it's not like the 1500 where you have to be at the front right away. Like you can chill out at the back and take things slow. Like it's a lot easier to make up two seconds than it Mm. is to. Yeah. It's a lot easier to make up two seconds than it is to run two seconds faster each lap. So um, I think that's some advice. Sit and kick. You can never go wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> you can never um, go wrong. So you're saying start off a bit more conservative and, and, and hit hard in the last half. I, I see definitely. that. I and just, I definitely like start off in like, you know, fifth or sixth or something. Okay. Like that. I feel yeah. very uncomfortable at the back. So I'll, 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 I won't be, I won't be hanging around. I won't be both far in it. I'll be, no. I'll be kicking about it far enough up. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I just feel like people always come with these like, you know, the 5k is so difficult. And I had that in my head. I was like, this is going to be a war and I'm going to go for it. And I don't care if I'm like, whatever, like I'm just <laughs> head down and grind out. And then I finished and I was like, you know what? That wasn't that bad. And it wasn't so like, that bad. <laughs> in my head, I was like, the next one's going to suck. <laughs> Cause I'm going to go in like, this is easy, man. Like whatever, like this is going to be chill. And then it's going to be a tough one, but I'm excited. The 5k is a cool distance, but I don't know. There's something about the 5k at like a major champs. I'm like, that just seems rough. Yeah. So let's talk about the major champs as well for you, uh, Justin, because we got the UK perspective. We got the American perspective. So how do you qualify for the Canadian team? Yeah. So it's really interesting. Well, I'll give you both perspectives. Like without COVID, what you got to do 
is run the Olympic standard and then place top two or top three at uh, Olympic trials. And if you get third, it's at Canada's discretion if they take you, but top two automatically go if you have the Olympic standard. Um, right now with COVID, it's kind of made things interesting where Athletics Canada came out with a statement saying that, you know, if you have the Olympic standard and you are the two fastest runners in Canada, by the time Canadian trials happens, if you're still ranked top two, then you will automatically be selected to go represent the country to the Olympics. So it's nice. Um, the reason why they did that is because we have like a lot of runners, like sprinters, distance runners, middle distance runners that do train in the America. And um, what's going on in Canada right now, it's like, it's very difficult to go back because you have to mandatory uh, quarantine for two weeks. And I think three of those days are in a hotel for like $2,000. So yeah. I think they're just trying to, make it a little bit easier for their top athletes um but also if you're third if you're ranked third and you do have the olympic standard uh you have to go to canadian trials and if you win the trials you automatically win the, uh make the team if you have the standard as well wow. yeah so. it's a process that is a process, yeah, it's a process. <laughs> so the only difference for us is like you have to run the trials regardless if because we we have a window right afterwards that even if say you don't have the qualifying time you win the trials you're second at the trials if you run the qualifying time in like that two-week window after trials you will automatically go and i don't oh, like that wow. rule to be honest no i, I don't I, like I don't, that either I, i'm like look do it beforehand it's like do handing your, do your, your homework. assignment two two weeks yeah. late man <laughs> yeah it's dumb i i mean no it's it's a great process and uh, if i'm ever in third or if a selector's listening I love, I love the board anyway. So when it, when is that? Like, do, 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 like, does Canada like drag it out? Like the Americans where it's over like two weeks and just milk it or, or did they get right out of business? Like the, the experience, Josh is about the fan it's engagement. Yeah, ours is like two days, three days. Ours is two days. We have it the same weekend as uh, USA's. I mean, I don't know which weekend, if it's the first week or the second week, but we have it the same weekend and it's only for like literally two days. We you know what's interesting though. The 10 K championship is like a month earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, I think that is so unfair. I think that's yeah. ridiculous to it. be honest. <laughs> so you're it. saying you can't do both the United States and Canadian trials. <laughs> I, no, I, I would. Okay. 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 Yeah. Just want to make that clear for you listeners at I'm home. that wanted to dabble. <laughs> so you can run. It's so like, funny. Like all these kids, they keep coming up to me and they're like, yo, what did you get at NXN or Foot Locker? And I'm like, oh, I wasn't invited. Like, I'm not, I'm not American, bro. Yo, I wasn't invited to Justin, you know, like screw the system, man. Like screw the system. <laughs> screw the system. Um, so you, so you made two world teams. What's your experience you've drawn from both those moving forward? Because at this moment you have more world finals than Josh does. And that is, I was really just good... about to answer your question because oh, no that way. question could have been added to me as well, but then you have to add that. And mm. I was going to make a hilarious <laughs> joke. Okay. Hey, hey, let's bring it back. I'm not going to edit it out, but okay. bring it back. Josh, go ahead. Well, you know, uh, it sucked getting knocked out in the first round of London. And then I was able to watch my guy, Justin Knight make the final. And that was pretty awesome. So I want to hear all about that. <laughs> oh man. I didn't know. I thought, I thought you made it in London. No, Wait, so I um, yes. so I beat ahead. Central, if that makes any difference. I was 10th in our in our prelim and uh it was crazy. I don't have any excuses. It was a hard it was a hard prelim and I and yeah. I ran it like a like a college kid, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like I think we had something like six or seven major medalists in the prelim. 
And so like, I was like, oh, star eyed. And I took a lot yeah. of experience from that. I'm not gonna lie. It was like a huge learning curve for me. I was like, this is a step up. Cause you know, we, we, like you go into NCAAs, you're like, yeah, no, I don't feel great, but I reckon I could still win this kind of thing. It was like a huge step where I was like looking at Kip Rob and Centro <laughs> and Mac Luffy <laughs> and Aguida. Yeah. And I was like, um, how many people get through this heat? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was good experience. And I I wouldn't have done as well in Doha if it wasn't for that, I will say. Are you ready for to go sure. back to Justin? Yeah, I asked him All about right, it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, um, my first experience in Doha, or sorry, in London, I had my first world champs. It was interesting. Like, honestly, I love this city of London first and foremost like I, I love it there i got the best haircut of my life so did Shout i out to- yeah I, did you get yours in brixton did we go to I, the same barber probably i mate it was i remember looking fresh not like i do now i look horrible yeah. now but yeah, yeah I we do can say that. we all look horrible right? yeah <laughs> we all have like really long hair yeah sorry same. david well i just want you i want you to feel included so i don't yeah okay <laughs> but uh you know what honestly like it was a great experience in 2017. Um, it's so funny because I felt no pressure. I remember waiting in the call room in the semifinal and everybody was like really nervous, getting like really, really jittery. And the thing is like flow track knew who I was, but other than that, nobody knew who I was. And I was just there soaking up the moment. I was like, you know, I can do whatever I want in this race and nobody's going to like really kind of put me under a magnifying glass and be like, what the hell was that? You screwed up, you know? Yeah. So I ran the race the way I wanted to. Uh, I kind of, I wasn't in the back back, but like I was in the back of like the first group. And I remember like with, I think it was like 600 meters to go. I was still in the back and I was like, okay, you're only two seconds off from like around first place. Like if you can be two seconds off with 200 meters to go, then like you could probably make the final. And 400 meters to go, I was still in the back, still two seconds off. 300 meters like they were starting to move but I was moving with them as well and then 200 meters honestly I kind of like I kind of had I've only had like an out-of-body experience kind of twice and one you could guess flow track posts about it every year in October <laughs> the Wisconsin invite <laughs> running up that hill flying by those guys that was one of those moments but um the second time was at world champs in 2017 and I just my legs were just moving and I was passing everybody with 200 to go I actually and, remember um, that because you flew past <laughs> Eric Jenkins because he was in that heat as well, I believe. Yeah, and he was, I, he was. it was like a slingshot. <laughs> when you talk about like someone coming around and just kicking for home, that was like one of those things where, because like that was twenty, yeah, that was twenty seventeen, and I remember just sitting there. I'm like, all right, there's some few collegiates in this meet. I was like, Justin, okay, like big fan of him, and that was like standing up, going for it, like like that's <laughs> as a spectator, you're just like, oh my god. Oh my God. Like almost out of body experience all around. And I can only imagine had that been in Toronto or like, had that been in Canada, what the crowd reaction would have been following you on that last lap. Cause it was surreal. It was, it was amazing. And I got like a shout out from the broadcasters in America. Cause it's like, you know, Justin, the Syracuse athlete moving out on the outside. And, um, (laughs) it was cool. I'm not going to lie. Like I was pulling up on Mo Farah and like Idris, I think, and Yomi. And I saw in Mo in the video, he's, he goes like this to like Idris saying like, move out because, you know, we're all going to get passed by this kid if you don't like kind of spread out a little bit. And um, from that moment, uh, that was really cool. Uh, I'll say briefly, like I remember after the race being being a fan of Mo Farah and I was like, oh, damn, like I just made the finals. 
Like, you know, I can actually like say congrats, good race, see the finals. And I told myself that's what I was going to do. And I was like, don't fanboy, just say congrats and just walk away. And I get up to him and it all went out the fun. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. We'll edit. <laughs> My bad. My bad. So it went all out the window. And I was just like, Mo, I'm such a fan of yours. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. <laughs> and I was completely fanboying him so bad. And uh, he was cool. He had to do an interview. But then later on, he came to the locker room and he like sat down with me, asked me about myself and stuff. So, um, and that's kind of where our friendship kind of uh, started from. And um, it's funny enough too, I'll say about this trip, my coaches actually, it's not that they didn't believe in me, but like, they didn't expect me to make the final. So they had to rebook their tickets to, like, nice. to change them up because <laughs> yeah. they were going to leave after the semifinals, but uh, I made the final and um, yeah, that was a great experience. I think 2019 was, that was hard for me because it was like my first time as a pro um, heading, you know, that's the year that I got dead last at New Balance Grand Prix. I was 20 pounds heavy. Uh, at that race yes I will if you can believe that and um <laughs> thank you winter fluff I like that but um yeah I, I had to work super hard to get back into shape that year and I think by the time the summer hit I worked so hard to get back into shape that I was actually tired and um I don't even know how I made the final I remember coming through and I think I beat Andy Butcher. That's his name, right? I beat him by like yeah. 0.1 milliseconds just <laughs> to make it to the final. So I like definitely didn't deserve it, but like I made it there. And <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't really have much to say about Doha. I love the experience there, but I didn't, I didn't have my best racing over there. Yeah. Um, I have a, a slight anecdote with, with Farah as well, which I find quite funny because I remembered it when you brought him up. I was, I was in a similar experience. Like I hadn't met him before. And like, obviously yeah. he's, you know, from the UK, he's this multiple time medalist. He's like golden boy. He's golden he's boy. He yeah. is, he's the man. Right. And, um, so the UK in, or GB had a, like a cryotherapy machine at the stadium. And so mm. I was kind of just told what to do when I, like when I was getting on camp and when I got there and stuff like with the British athletics coach was just like, go and do this, go and do that. And I was like, okay, sure. So I, I went yeah. to do a cryo and I turned up, I think it was me, Chris O'Hare, Andy Butchart and Mo Farah. Didn't know Farah was going to be there. And um, so pretty much what you do, right. Is you walk into this room to like kind of cool down and then you go into the main one. And uh, so you, you're stripped down to like pretty much your boxers and you got like some sort of slippers on and this mask. <laughs> And so yeah. we do it and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to have to say something, you know, like this is kind of cool. I'm going to have to like make them remember me or something. Don't tell me you said I like your boxes. No, no, it was worse. <laughs> it was worse than that because it was in, in my, it was myself, bro. It was myself. I was like, so I get out, we do the whole thing and everyone's like having fun because they play music and stuff in there. So we're like dancing around and, and having a good time. I looked massive compared to everyone, by the way. Just thought yeah. I was absolutely a winter built. fluff. No, it wasn't even a fluff, mate. I was winter just fluff in the summer. <laughs> well, yeah, I had my summer fluff. The Australian my fluff. My, my summer muscles, mate. Anyway, get out. Everyone, we still have the mask on. And um, I, I pulled my mask down. I was like, is anyone else's mask like smell really bad? And I remember Farrah going, that's your breath, bro. 
And I was like, oh no, like this is the oh worst thing God. ever. I was like, because it, it was like, I just had dinner and then we went to yeah. go and do cryo. And I was just standing there like, what a weapon. Like, that's all I said to him was like, does anyone else's mask smell? That's, I was like, that's oh, like something Gordon Ramsay would say or something like, yeah, just completely like straight cuts your heart. I was like, I was like, this is a tough moment for me if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah, I, I'll say he'll certainly remember you, Josh, from that experience. Um, and well, to, I think uh, he came up to me at dinner and was like, like talking to be about to me about my prelim or something after that so i think we're all right but yeah that was that's where Slams i was like a listerine bottle on the table and says hey mate uh, maybe that's how that's maybe that's how i'm known now just a See, smell now yes, now josh that was preparation because i don't think you've had bad breath under your mask for the last year you know like Thank that was you. a moment that brought you to, uh, <laughs> to when i do i remember it though whenever i do and i smell it i'm like you See, I've been in the cryo chamber with you recently and, you know, I, I don't I don't smell anything. But back to you, Justin, when you talk about um, saying that thing to Mo at the end of the race, like I'm a big fan, yada, yada. That's kind of like one of those tell me you're Canadian athlete without actually telling me you're Canadian. <laughs> oh, <athlete."> man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So nice. Like the most yeah. the thing I'm like thinking about after the race is like, how do I greet this guy rather than like, how do I beat him in the yeah. battle? <laughs> yeah. hey well well i mean you definitely put on a show and, and making two finals even after being dead in the summer and moving into doha i mean like you definitely proved a point there as a collegiate and a pro and you so you you're you're one of those guys where you always want to watch at the end because of your celebrations like i think you're the most celebratory <laughs> runner there are so first i want to talk about some of the your celebrations and then secondly I don't know if this is too insightful on my end, but you gave a heart at the end of your two mile at the Ocean Breeze Complex <laughs> when you won for, for the two mile. Yeah. Heart for Toronto because your hip number was six. And then also no, the- when you get the <laughs> hip number, do you feel anything like, all right, this is going to be a good day? Or am I looking far too into it? Yeah, I think you Man, might be you're, looking, you're into looking this, deep. You're like you're like one of those people that looks at like Drake songs and like overanalyzes. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah, I, I have a point. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. Honestly, I didn't know I was number six. I because usually when I get the numbers, I, I'll stick them on, but like between I don't know why I'm whispering, but like sometimes it depends what race I'm at. As soon as the gun goes off, I just rip them off. I'm just because <laughs> I'm just like it feels uncomfortable, like it's sticking on me. So um I'm not too attached to whatever number I have, but getting a number six now, given like you know you explaining to me and me realizing like, Oh, it's six Toronto, whatever. That's going to mean a lot more to me now. Um, the heart that I threw up, you know, it was Valentine's day weekend. Oh, um, okay. I didn't have a Valentine. Olivia? You should know <laughs> that. <Dave. laughs> no, uh, I mean, I don't even know who Olivia is, but <laughs> listen to a few Olivia. episodes. Uh, that, that goes to show that you've never listened to the sit and kick podcast. If you don't know who Olivia is, you know, talks about her too much. Who's Olivia? That's, that's my girlfriend, um, you know, a very romantic relationship, uh, someone that I've been oh. with nearly five years, someone that we're getting a cockapoo. Um, we're, we're looking oh, for apartments Dave. right now. Oh, I love that. My parents just got a cockapoo. Great. No, the cockapoo <laughs> well, you don't has a different happy. meaning in America. It means a little bit more risque than I think you think. What? No, I'm kidding. Cockapoo's a dog. Oh, you might have Jesus. to cut. <laughs> yeah, I was like, bro, you, you better be cutting this out, man. <laughs> no, cockapoo's a dog. All right, Josh, <laughs> what do you want to do for the game? We we have, we, we talked a little bit about love, but there's also some things that Josh may want to cover. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been wanting to do this one for a while. And and Justin, we've been needing you on for a while for this and because this is just necessary, okay? I have some beef with Dave on this. It was a big moment in my career. It was apparently a big moment in Dave's career. And so I just kind of want to, let you experience this. I, 
I have never asked you, but I know you haven't bought Dave's book. Am I correct? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. That's that's correct. If he says it fast enough, it sounds like he said he did. So move on. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna read. The if it page. makes you feel better, hold on. I didn't have Amazon at that point in my life. Like mm. I know that's weird to say, but like I never I didn't have Amazon on my phone. I never used Amazon before. So like when I seen the links to it, I was just like. And you put it on Amazon, right? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Also on my personal website, which you don't need um, an Amazon subscription for. Um, but that's besides <laughs> I ha- the point. I have one now, though. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay, so, so I you'll can... definitely not buy one now. And I just, so you know, you know, I, I just ran fast. You know, I might get a little bonus. So maybe I'll just, you know, take all right, that All right, all right. Well, well let's, how about this? How about this? We'll, we'll... Josh will go ahead and he's been giving me, he wants to do an audiobook style of my book, right? Which I would pay okay. bucks to do. But hopefully this day... Um, will give you a little bit more motivation to buy my book. Okay. Yeah, this 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 really, really pisses me off. This chapter right here. This day really pisses me off. This is why I've never put any money towards small school big dreams. But this is it. The 20th of April, 2018. All right. <clears throat> this audio is a, book? This, yeah, audio book by Josh Kerr. <laughs> 420, what a day. Woke up after not feeling too good. If the, if the grammar's bad, it's because Dave can't write. I slept decent, but felt exhausted right when I woke up, shook out, ate breakfast and went back to the room, debated on a nap. I decided just to relax. We played Exploding Kittens from 1 to 4 p.m., which was fun, but my mind was exhausted. As we drove to the meet, I plugged my usual artist, Russ, and visualized the race. Once I was warming up, (laughs) I knew tonight was going to go. It was going to be a good night. Everything seemed right. The gun goes off. And then we go through the first 456, 57. 800 was 156. And then I closed 337.35 for the new Division II record. Best part was right when I finished. I was sworn by hugs and cheers from my teammates. As as excited as I was, I finished sixth in the race. And I wish I would be engaged with 500 to go and, and, and do a long grind to the finish. During the race, I was focused on the race. I was focused on squaring up with Knight, following care, chasing down Prackle. I was focused on those guys. I was focused on trying to beat those guys. I had a great talk with Knight after the race, and he congratulated me on the record. Now I am at, yep. asking uh, for a spotlight. This was Kerr's night, and he won and set the NCAA record. Knight showed me he cared about others. He would always have. Oh my God. That's what I love about this guy. <laughs> Guys like Knight as a future of track and field. Being able to pull the line at him was an honor. However, next time I have to beat him. Knight and I also got in a Twitter combo, which is summarized by never categorize yourself as an event runner. Categorize yourself as a racer. Race your race and then fight for the win. So oh that, man, I'm buying your, I'm buying your book, I'm man. sweating, actually. I didn't think I might that would have give to me buy a... two. <laughs> now listen to me. I was mentioned maybe twice, right? And this was my night, okay? This was my <laughs> night. Not Justin night. It was my night. None of uh, your nights. It was mine. And this is a disgrace. This is my teammate. And this is how he respects me. Because you wrote this book and edited it afterwards when we were teammates, Dave. And it's a disgrace oh, I'm not gonna, in this. I was just going to say, oh, Dave. Yeah. But, I mean, I, well, I, to be fair, I quite enjoyed reading that. I think I might have to put my application honestly, in for the audio book. I'm going to buy two books. And I'm going to like, the first one I'm actually going to keep in mint condition. The second one, I'm going to rip that chapter out and I'm going to, I want to frame it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. It, it's so nice. I appreciate that. 
Oh God. You know how you, you know, like, like I said, like tell me you're a Canadian without telling me you're a Canadian. It's kind of like a, tell me you're a division two athlete without actually telling me you're a division two athlete. Um, that was, how much did you add to that Dave, by the way? Cause that can't be what you wrote. That's, that's what that's- I wrote. I actually took stuff out. I, I didn't want you to audiobook in full um, because there's like some more things about like uh, other okay. things, but like that was the bulk of what pisses you off. So I wanted to leave right. all of that in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So that's cool. Um, yeah, Justin, I don't know if you're in the future yet, but um, we'll see. I hope, we'll, see. I hope my t- we'll, we'll see. Um, so Josh, <laughs> we're, we're rolling up on time. We we're already leaning in towards an hour on the episode. So I think yeah. it's about time that we transition into the banter bowl. Do you want to give a rundown of what the banter bowl is for those that are newly listens and Justin now being back in the hot seat? Yes. So we are now going to a little bit more you know, freestyling some, some roasts. We got some uh, fan submitted kind of roast questions. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll, we'll kind of bounce around here and, and, and definitely bottle up all the anger that comes from it. And then you will have an opportunity to get some roast back in for us right at the end. So, okay. Dave, you want to kick us off? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll kick us, uh, I'll kick us off here. And, and Josh, I went ahead and sent you those ones from our original yeah. recording date. And we appreciate all you guys listening that we're looking forward to this episode with Justin and we had to postpone it. That's entirely on Josh's fault. And um, so I'll start the banter <laughs> with Josh being abysmal at scheduling, but we make it work. So back to Justin, um, we reached out to a few people close to you, no ex-girlfriends, just uh, people that you find <laughs> are important in your life. And so I'm going to start um, with a conversation about ordering food. Um, it seems as though that you might not have the best decisions for ordering food at restaurants on race trips. So if you want to go ahead oh, and um, explain that, maybe the PF Chang's once uh, when you asked, I think Colin, if there was a polite way of asking oh. if he ordered off the kid's menu, like, do you want to, yo, you want to go ahead and okay. speculate that? Oh God, yo, that, that, and that pisses me off. Cause I added them on Twitter and then they like gave me a whole gift card. Cause they were, they did me dirty. So I ordered something <laughs> off the regular menu, right? I don't remember what I ordered. Maybe it was low main or something like that, but I, I don't know what it was. I ordered something like, completely regular off the menu should be the regular portion size the lady comes over and gives me like this small plate with like food like just barely like fitting on it and i'm just like i'm looking at everybody else's plate everybody else has a big plate and then i have like this kitty plate and i'm like looking around and i ask colin i'm just like yo how do i ask this lady if i ordered off the kids menu because this should not be the size for what i ordered <laughs> and then so what happens is like, I mean, it was embarrassing, but I, I kind of like waved the lady down and I politely asked her, I was like, I don't know how to ask this, but did I order off the kids menu by accident? And um, she told me, she was like, oh, you know, our restaurant, actually, we ran out of like the regular size plates. So I did have to give you your food on the kids size plate. And I'm like, uh, but I paid for the regular portion though. So <laughs> why did you like bring me two plates? How are you going to just give me like one kid size plate? So, you know, they were able to fix that eventually, but yeah, that's the, that's the PF Chang story. I also like when we're at Olive Garden, he probably didn't bring this up, but uh, as I got older, we stopped going to Olive Garden. I think we just set the bar a little bit higher, but um, <laughs> soup <Panera>. and salad. <laughs> yeah. no, I won't do Panera for dinner. I love Panera for lunch though. But, um, you know, Olive Garden's famous for that super, super salad appetizer. And I'm not going to lie, that one really messes me up because I'm like, well, what I'm picking is like, I, we can keep getting refills for the rest of the night. And I don't know if I want soup. I don't know if I want salad. 
And oftentimes like that would mess me up for the entire, you know, portion at the restaurant, the whole stay there. So yeah. <laughs> Josh, you want to fire another one? Yeah. So I watched your like chasing the standard flow track thing and you're out there, you're oh, like man. calling people out <laughs> for your basketball and then you just see, and you just like whiff shots. Like I'll bah, just say what, I'll say bah. one thing, <laughs> Josh, you look like someone that dribbles with two hands. I'll just, I I just want to get mouth, that bro. off my, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I, <laughs> I just want to know, like, I just, I just want to know, like, do you, were they trying to pick your best shots? Like, do you feel like they did you a bit dirty there? Like, what they did happened? me dirty. They did 100%, you dirty. They did me dirty. <laughs> I did not like, obviously I missed a couple. We were shooting for a while and I, I was joking with them because I missed a couple and I was just like, yo, don't put that on there. And then they're like, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Keep shooting. Yeah. <laughs> they, put, they put all like the missed shots on there. But like, I mean, you could tell my form, my, my shooting form is pretty nice, but I stand on that. I'll make the statement again. Any distance runner, middle distance runner, will catch the smoke for me in basketball. I don't want to hear anything about that. Um, sprinters, you have to be top 10, top 13, at least at NCAAs in your respected event. And I probably would beat you too. And I, I, I just leave it at that. And, and high schoolers, not, you ain't got no chance, bro. High schoolers, unless you no watch chance. the Flow Track documentary, then that will hype you up and put you in the right place. <laughs> um, you're talking basketball, you're talking sports. So I've been at track meets before, and I've talked with people that have played you in FIFA and 2K, and have oh, said God. that you're not that good. Oh God! Well, okay, who did you talk to? See, that's the thing. Our sources, we keep them discreet. We keep Is it them Alex Lamont. Alex Lamont. <laughs> not gonna go. I'm not gonna go ahead and reveal anyone, but I'll tell you. Is it true that you're as bad at FIFA and 2K as you are at actual basketball? Okay, 2K, I know that that was probably Philo on my team. <laughs> and that that's cat, bro. Like, this guy, we used to play 2K in my room all the time. He couldn't beat me. I was unstoppable. It was ridiculous. Like, the fadeaway shot, he literally couldn't stop me. He'd always use Melo, and I think I'd use, like, DeMar DeRozan or something like that. Um, so that's cat. I don't know who else I played in 2K because I, I haven't owned the game in a while. In regards to FIFA, like, I remember playing Paul Chalima once when I was in college, and, like, I was whooping this guy. And then all of a sudden, the Wi-Fi started getting shaky. But every time I, like, I was about to score, like, the Wi-Fi would start acting wonky. And then he came back and beat me. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if he was, like, cheating in that game or something like so that. So you're but saying Paul Chalima's lag spiking a game of FIFA? That's what it's called. I think he does that. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I haven't fair. played him since, but... To be fair, like if we're talking about gaming, like there, this is a fan submitted question. It says, do you ignore DMs to play Fortnite with fans because you're too famous or because you'll get carried? That was a specific Zach. Martin. Oh, no, I, I, I like. Oh, Zach. He's I don't know who that is. You but out, bro. He's calling the you thing out. is, I put my um, I put my PSN in my gamer tag. On my Instagram and I added everybody back. So like if it's been a while, like. I've played so many games with random kids and like they carry me. I have no shame as long as I get the dub and guess what? I post the victory. It doesn't even show how much kills I got. I just post the victory. So um, Zach, I haven't played, I haven't played Fortnite in a long time. Um, the last time I played, I played with like my little cousins. They're like, you know, eight years old or something and they carry me. No shame in that. But um, if I hop on again, just keep sending me the invite and I'll, I'll play with you. I'll play um, with you. 
Yeah, Josh still plays Fortnite pretty regularly, and he is practically an eight-year-old kid. So that kind of inspires <laughs> Josh to want to play with you. Um, Bro, so- you know what? It's so funny. So <laughs> I, cause I'm cool with Jakob. You, you guys know Jakob, like in, in Britain. So I was cool. I'm cool with him. And like he asked, because I would always post about Fortnite, and then he's like, yo, you got to hop on the sticks with me, man. And like I'll post like these victories that I'm getting carried on, and I was like, damn, like this guy probably thinks I'm really good at Fortnite, but like I guess I'll play with him. And we were playing together and he was carrying me. It was so embarrassing. But like, I also haven't played the game for like maybe three months until like he asked me to play. So I think I was a little bit off, but I, I felt bad because I was just like, he was expecting me to help him get a dub and didn't happen that day. I think the younger you are, the better you are at that game, if I'm being honest. So I, yeah. I can see it. I can see it. But uh, yeah, what, sure. what about, so I know that your weekly mileage is just straight up banter in itself. So like, give me, give me a rundown, like high school, college pro, like, did it jump? I know in college, you said you were running like 50 miles a week. Like, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so in high school, I ran like 25 miles. Um, I got to college. I did like 30, 35 miles my freshman year. Um, sophomore year, I did 40. Um, junior year, I did 45. And by the time I was in my senior year, I got to like 50, 55 at the max, but like, I didn't hold that the entire year. Um, And then, you know, I went pro, got to 65 pretty immediate. And uh, now I'm at 70. So it's been a gradual uphill for me. (laughs) Doubled it (laughs) since freshman year. That is insane. (laughs) Damn, I didn't even do the math on that. I did double it. That's crazy, man. This is this is like one of my favorite, Dave. I, like I've seen it. Like it is a fan submitted one, and then it's like I love how just like straightforward is like. Why did you sign with Reebok? Like why did you oh, sign okay. with Reebok, man? Like, <laughs> I find that so funny. That is funny. I mean, I've gotten that question so many times, and even funny enough, like when I signed with Syracuse, like not on a. So I didn't know about Let's Run back then, but we had this thing called like Tracky.ca. And people would like, it was our own Canadian forum. And like when I signed with, yeah. Sounds less toxic. (laughs) No, it gets pretty bad sometimes from what I've heard, but I I haven't been on that site since like probably my high, my senior year. But um, when I signed with them, they were just like, Justin Knight, why did he go to Syracuse? And like, he's not going to do anything over there. So um, yeah. Why did I go to Reebok? You know, at the time when I was negotiating my contracts and everything, I felt like my goals and their goals were one and the same. And we were very sorry, I got something in my eye, but um, I felt like we shared the same goals and uh, we were able to work off of each other to kind of help both of us or yeah, both of us from a company and then for me as an individual to achieve those goals. So um, I said that's the main reason why I signed with them. Nothing to do with money. He doesn't. He doesn't. (laughs) Dude, I don't even know where my next meal is coming from. (laughs) and by that i mean i don't know if i'm ordering out you don't know if the chef's gonna make it fella you don't know if pf chang is gonna give you the main menu or the kids menu oh you know i am done with pf chang's unless they sponsor me then i'm gonna be like i love you guys okay that that sounds good for your reebok um so you talked about mileage um i also want to talk about your ability to not know the distance of a mile maybe at one point you were at the drake relays (laughs) and you were on a team do you want to break that down and i know what response you're going to say because i have your response here so if you want to go ahead and um so they happen at 
Yeah, good go. Drake Drake relays and and that quote happened at I think I'm pretty sure it's two different events. Um, me not knowing how many laps are in a mile was at Penn State. I was my first okay. time running a mile. Um, I redshirted my indoor season because I was going to World Cross, but uh, I was able to travel to Penn Penn State and run a mile there. And in Canada, we don't run miles. You know what I mean? Like everything we do is like 1500s. You know, just the the regular distance. 3000 meters we're not doing two miles so like i show up to the race i'm like well how long is a mile like how many laps is that like i had no clue and uh the, t- the team had to tell me it was like you know for indoors it's eight laps but you know on the outdoor track it's four so that was fun um i also didn't know the significance of breaking four um i never watched like pre-fontaine or like the movie pre or whatever um so when i crossed the line everybody was going crazy and I was like well I got third but okay and um then they kind of explained to me the big deal about it and um Drake relays I mean I don't know if you guys seen the video but uh a future teammate of mine well future teammate because he wasn't my teammate at that moment but Adam Palomar from Tulsa that kid has to have like one of the craziest accelerations I've ever seen in my life and um with 200 meters to go, he blew right by me. He put like, I think he put like at least 10 meters on me in a span of like one second. I'm not even joking. And uh, eventually like I was fighting back to chase him. Uh, we have 50 meters left. I tried like the, the lean way too early and I ended up splatting and falling right on my face, dropping the baton uh, before I even crossed the line and then Carabelle beat me and same with that Adam Palomar kid. And I picked up my baton and we got third, but uh, that that's the Drake relay story. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You, uh, you had a better response than what they assumed you were going to say, because your assumed response was going to be, it's because we run kilometers in Canada. That might've been a, a, a quote. Well, it's that, the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely, you know, when I was in school and I'm not going to lie, like I think the kids by now, they knew I used to do this. Like if I said something dumb, I'd always just be like, well, in Canada, we do things differently. Like that was my back. Oh, Josh because- still does that. That's Josh's cop. Yeah, I'm always like in Canada, we always do things differently. He's like, you guys yeah. don't drink five blue moons before the workout. Oh, just UK. Okay. Yeah. I believe that one though. I'd, I'd believe that one. But uh, yeah, I'd always do that. But then that Adam Palomar kid came on our team and I love that kid. He's so funny. But um, I remember one time the team said something like water's free, like at a restaurant. And I was like, no way like you have to pay for water and i was clearly wrong like i didn't know but then i ended up blaming it and saying like oh in canada like they make us pay for water and then adam palomar looked at me and he was like what are you talking about they don't do that in canada so at that point i realized i couldn't use that card anymore so uh, i just had to own up to the stupid stuff that i said <laughs> love it yeah so we got we got some i i enjoyed that i really enjoyed that pretty I, funny I think, actually probably one of my favorite banter bowls i yeah, love i think people <laughs> people really came through for us as well uh, in some of those questions but you know if you've bottled anything up for for dave you know how he's wearing a dungeon master hat anything to do with him you can throw stuff at me as well get some stuff off your chest i know you're canadian i know it's going to be tough I know it's but if be you have anything the problem is is you shouldn't have read me that chapter from dave's book I can't say anything mean about him. Like this was I, this was Dave in twenty. This is twenty eighteen. Dave twenty twenty one. Dave can take a lot on the chin. Okay. Okay. Not in um, a weird way. 
<laughs> You're gonna have to edit all these clips. <laughs> but uh, let me see. Man, I don't know. Like, I don't talk a lot of. I don't talk a lot of. You know, a lot of shit. To be honest, usually, like, if I talk about something, it's like, oh, I'm better than the basketball. Which I mean, I don't need to say that to you because I said Josh dribbles with two hands. Probably, I can see Dave giving a conscious effort, but I don't think it'd be enough for him to be anywhere close to the same league as me in basketball. Are we doing um, referees? Like, what's the, like, like, I just, I'm just going to straight up body. I'm just going to straight up body. And you're gonna, like, you yo, might yo, win let, and that's fine. That's fine if you win, but like, you're not coming out unscathed. Like you're coming out with some problems. Don't let small body fool you, fam. I'm not, I'm really not. I, I But I know myself and it's going yeah. down. Because I'm going to get, so, I'm gonna, I know what's going to happen. You're going to be scoring on me and I'm just going to get frustrated. Hey, Josh, what happened to your last one-on-one game? 21-0. Did you win or lose? I lost, but I tell oh. you what, my bugger <laughs> Julian didn't walk for very well for the next couple of days. Yeah, so oh. when, when Josh starts losing, he gets a little bit more physical. Uh, but I'm going to stop. It was guys. my first ever basketball. I've never played basketball before, so I lost 21. I was just talking. I was talking shit with him. I was like, so, "Mate, basketball is pretty. It's pretty it's like ball, hoop, whatever." And he he played in high school and and all this. So I was like, "All right, who, let's play." Who is it? Uh, so a guy, Julian. I it was my college teammate, and he runs with us uh, on the team oh, okay, now okay. as well. It runs with the team now, and uh, yeah. So he had a big background in basketball, and I was like, I was feeling myself. I think I'd run a good race. Where's like, he from? Yeah, he does. He's from big, Hobbs. He does Hobbs not have a big back, basketball. Hobbs, background. what? Hobbs, New Mexico. Uh, yeah, I was about to say I don't know anybody from New Mexico playing basketball, man. Whoa, <laughs> oh mate, come down here. It's time. I, I back my boy Julian's ability, <laughs> hey, and uh, not just I'm because not playing, he beat me 21-0. I'm not playing in New Mexico. We better be on like you know zero altitude because I'm oh, not going to be tired from running up and right. down. The- <laughs> I see it. I've never been to altitude, so I'm not gonna have you guys embarrass me, me That's panting fair. for my breath and everything. <laughs> no, but I, I don't got any banter for you guys. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> That's all good, fella. I like both of you guys. I'm not gonna talk trash on the track either because you know you guys are my competitors, and you guys would probably make me stretch in the 1500. But you know, if, uh, if you guys want to talk about the 5K, I'll go the 5K with you. Let's when do the 10K. It? Let's do the 10K. Let's not do the 10K. Let's not. <laughs> are you racing the 5K against it or no? Yeah, so I'm actually um I got into Gateshead, the Diamond League over there. Oh, sweet, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one that they so, moved from Rabat or no? No, I think that's the one. I, I don't yeah. I don't know the history about anything, but okay. um I got into that one. I'm actually running a 1500 again, uh, to warm up for that at Mount Sac. So if you guys are gonna be there, I'm gonna run the A at Mount Sac. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's I. What are you? What, what are you gonna run? What do you think you can run? I'm gonna run 144. Just, just get the classic. Just get a standard it. and get out of there. I mean, I've run I 145. It. I mean, it's it's there. If if it's not, it's whatever. But that's the goal. You that's the goal. 145. 145. Oh three, I think. The reality of it too is like Josh isn't puffing smoke when he says that, and I can tell from his training. Like he's also. I'm not, not puffing smoke because I ain't saying 143. That's why yeah. I'm not puffing smoke. <laughs> but 144 for a guy that's literally doing today. We did nine mile in and out miles at 455 to 535 that's your tuesday workout leading up to an 800 next week yeah because it's all strength baby because i'm running a 5k you know what when are you running this 5k the week later where <laughs> so i'm running it's in la i think somewhere in la oh yeah 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 may 14th right yes yeah yeah 
Well, I'll say this. So, like, when I went to Oregon Relays, like, leading up to that race, to be honest, my workouts were – I didn't think they were that impressive. But um, we were doing mainly strength stuff. I think we did one speed session, and I think we ran, like, a couple of 59s or something. But you'd be able to surprise yourself. Like, what I mean, like, going into the eights, even though you're, like, doing kind of, like, 5K stuff, like – you always have speed. You always have speed. Nah, so nah. I, I ain't stressed. And I'm looking forward to, I think it's nice to get back into the swing of things. Just get a couple of races under the belt, get a couple of new standards. And, uh, and Dave, am, am I going to see you? Uh, no, I don't think I'm going to go to Mount Sac. I think my, I mean, like I had a hard enough time getting into Oregon relays and also into Drake <laughs> relays. So I'm going to be lying low training yeah. through and then likely yeah. open with something in at Jesse's meet, either the 15, 5k there or bounce uh, Jesse uh, Williams, he's the sound he's, running. He's the oh, race, okay, yeah. uh, race director there. Um, yeah, yeah. He used to be the marketing guy at Brooks. So Not, we not that that's a well. connection. Our talent gets us into those meets, but we, we're pretty <laughs> close with him. And and uh, he does a few things actually for the podcast at times. So that's yeah, awesome. um, we're just going to figure it out as it goes. I mean, all of us have different trials in June, but at the, at the moment, let's wrap this up. So typically at the end of every episode, Justin, because you don't listen to um, our podcast, I will go ahead and oh, run it by you. <laughs> you don't know who Olivia is, who's my girlfriend, <laughs> who I love, who also doesn't listen to this podcast. So my girlfriend doesn't listen either. She's never listened to an episode. Maybe, so you know, well, do you, do you like shit talk Olivia on this podcast? No, like, I, I, no, I, I everything. But... You, you brought up the cockapoo in like kind of a very <laughs> passive aggressive tone. <laughs> no, it's all about, it's all about the vernacular. It's all about the tone. Um, oh, but... geez. See, these are words I don't know. Canada, am I right? You don't I, use I know, I know the vernacular <laughs> communication um, degree over here. But oh, at the man. end of every episode, we actually let you name the episode. So whenever you're ready, I'll go three, two, one, and you can do a countdown. You can do the, right. he can do the countdown, can he? Do you, I, we've never done that. Do you you wanna, just said oh, that he can do the countdown. Oh, I That's did do that? You, yeah. How about this, Josh? How about I'll you say do three, the two, one, and then Justin can okay, do the countdown. Do. Josh, go for it. <laughs> three, two, one. Your host, worst nightmare. Uh, not- <laughs> <laughs> we can start again. We can start again. We can start again. You're doing great. You're doing great. Absolute, absolute legend. <laughs> it's so I've funny. I've never picked to read in school, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're also not edi- editing this out, so go ahead. I want to think like I was going to do your host, worst nightmare, any distance, any time. See that would okay. work. Is that like Boom. a good podcast voice? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta, yeah. you gotta add a little more to it. It's, it's more like a your host's worst nightmare, any <laughs> distance at any time. There's a well, reason Dave's like the one with like the dungeon master. Dungeon master. <laughs> you know, but, like those late night, uh, those late night talk shows where it's like your host's worst nightmare, any distance, any time. Thanks for joining. <laughs> i love it all free i love it oh man nah, okay let me let me just try it you want me to try again yeah I mean, we'll do we'll we'll run back into it right or no yeah. you guys I mean, we, just, like, any, anything that we case. just said that that all that would work as well but if you really want to go for it again i think this what we just did is a better than anything that we could try to recreate but if you want to go again we'll allow it hey i'll give you guys you guys can i'll say it one more time and you guys can do whatever i don't really care i like it your host's worst nightmare any distance, any time. Yes, sir. Perfect. To, <laughs> I'm just giving you guys like the content so you guys can edit it however you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to edit everything that you say out and it's just going to be Josh and I. Yeah, you guys going <laughs> to 
You guys are gonna do me like flow track and just put all the dumb shit that I said in there. Oh, certainly. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. But that was an absolute pleasure, mate. We could have spoken for hours, to be fair. Uh, it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure. I know, you know, Dave, I can tell Dave's had a good time just because he's always smiling. And uh, yeah, we, we, we love watching you on the track. We love racing you. So, you know, it's lovely to speak in, in a kind of cool environment where we can kind of bounce ideas and, and, and stories. So yep. thank you so much for coming on. And uh, hopefully everyone loves this one as much as we do. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hopefully I can come on again. Dave, I'm going to get your so, book. A slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick. He's got to go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivish. Josh Kerr. David Rivish. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest C2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivish.